Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Reality Redefined. My name is Nick. I'm Ian. And uh, this week we have some, uh, I don't know, I've got like some other things we're going to talk about before we get into the topic. And one is, I guess, the first thing I was kind of getting into was um, back on our previous podcast, on the Life in General podcast, we talked about uh, Larry Nasser for a little uh, an episode. I don't even remember what episode it was, but it was like it, it was a it later was, near like prior in our third year, close what, to no, it. No, 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 no. It was before then. I want to yeah. say it was probably like the second year. Okay, it was. We it was were a, well in. We were well established. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well no, 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 no. Maybe it was probably about a year or so into the podcast. Mm-hmm. We talked about everything like related to to, to Larry, Larry Nasser and all the stuff that went on with that, and I I don't think I really heard anything else about any of that since like right. the last couple of years. I, once once the, everything had come out and been uh, used up by the news media, they just dropped it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Until so I and I I don't remember if I remember when this came out or not, or I just happened to stumble across it. But anyway, uh, there was a documentary released last year called Athlete A about the whole investigation and all that. And I I found it really kind of fascinating because it talked a lot more in depth on things that um, really how, like, sick and twisted this fucker was. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know, like, at the time that he was convicted uh, – I, he, well, he accepted a plea deal, but whatever. Right. <clears throat> whatever his sentence. Still time, a conviction. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, I want to say it was like two over 200 women that had accused him of sexually molesting him. Mm-hmm. Uh, according to the documentary, that number is now over 500. What? Yes. And it, That's insane. Oh, yeah. And it like absolutely infuriated me watching this damn thing. Because like, at so many different levels, people that should have known better. Let this happen. Let this happen. Yeah, like yeah. intentionally, they they knew what was going on, and to save the reputation of U.S. gymnastics, they let this man continue continue to uh, uh, sexually assault women, mm-hmm. and it's not even like. And these are young women too. Yes, not, absolutely. They're not yeah. that it makes it any better, some, but it makes yeah. it does make it. Some worse. of them were you know young teens, right. or not even they're preteens. You yeah, know, exactly. 12, 12, 13, 13, 14 years old. Um, and some of their abuse went on for years. Yeah, well, the whole the entire, the entire time that, that they were there. Right. And it was like, I don't know, man. It's like, it, it really kind of just really sickened me watching it. Like, the, there was even a part there where they were talking about the investigation and when they got a search warrant to actually go into Larry Nassar's house. And... They obviously he didn't know that they were, what was going on. He didn't know that they were coming. Right. And they got there before the trash went out. Like so they part of the warrant is anything on the property. Right. So they were like, Okay, we'll grab the, the trash was out of the curb. So they grabbed the, the trash and went through it. And he had two computer hard drives in there with his name written on them mm-hmm. with over twenty seven thousand images of child porn. Oh jeez. On, on his computer. Yeah. And, 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 like, part of his defense was, during the investigation, was, well, this is normally, you know, I I, I, I digitally insert myself into these girls to help them with, you know, whatever issues as far as, like, uh, like, he was putting his thumb into their, 
into their rectum because he was trying to help their coccyx. And there's like really like I, I, you could see him trying to twist and the rationalize stuff, it. rationalize it. And there was like videos of him instructing other people on how to do this stuff. Like it, it was like, and no one saw any of this as a problem. Right. Like no one inside USA Gymnastics had a problem with this. And like there were there were allegations within that were made within the organization for years before. Right. I know this had been ongoing in terms of but people coming forward. Well, they were they were coming forward to USA Gymnastics, but right. what USA Gymnastics said was they basically dismissed all the allegations unless the the athlete was willing to sign their name mm. on the complaint. Right. And of course none of them were ever right. So basically you have to we're going to shame you. Yes. Essentially. And not only in order to get you, you justice. You also have to think of the fact that these are young girls who have worked their entire lives. short lives to be Olympic athletes and now you have the organization that can make that happen. Like right. they're the people that make the decisions are the people that you're complaining to. Mm-hmm. So like the one family was talking about how for I think it was 18 months. They so they had made a complaint because their daughter had gone to a different coach and was like, This is what's going on. So the coach approached the parents about it. And, oh, I'm sorry. The daughter told the parents also. Mm-hmm. So then they there was a conversation between them and this female coach, and the female coach was like, Okay, I will go talk to the or I'm, I have to report this to the director because they want the obviously the first response from the parents were this needs to go to the police right and the coach was like well no we have to I'll 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 report it to the director of USA gymnastics and then he will report it to the police we're gonna we have to follow the proper chain of command in this mm-hmm. which is complete fucking nonsense right when you're dealing with something like that it does it needs to go to the police especially when you're in a position where you know there are such things as things as mandatory reporters right and like uh like nurses are mandatory reporters if we see something that goes on that that doesn't look like it fits we have to report it. report it right and there are laws in indianapolis or indiana where usa gymnastics is is housed that are the same thing you know where those people in those positions are mandatory reporters. So she reported to the head of of the USA Gymnastics. And then, so the parents were, like, asking the director, hey, what's going on? You know, uh, my daughter is still in this, like, so there was this, the, do you know who the Corollis are? They yeah. were, like, back in the 96 Olympics in Atlanta, there were the, there were the coaches that, like, brought USA Gymnastics uh, back to prominence, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, for a long time, they were heralded as like these, you know, these great gymnastics coaches. They came from Romania; they were, had a lot of success over there. But anyway, they have this ranch in Texas that every year the entire gymnastics team would go down to and train at. Mm. But parents were not allowed. Parents were not allowed on the property at all. Mm-hmm. Like the girls weren't allowed to have contact with anyone outside. And later, once cell phones became popular, they weren't allowed to have cell phones or anything there either. So it was like Which, a concentration camp. Yes. And, and, and 
from the sounds of it, it was almost kind of ran like that too. Because mm-hmm. there was a lot of like uh, physical abuse allegations made towards the Corollis by not just sexual, but like uh, like abuse, abuse, like yeah, beating. So and stuff. well, I'm not sure about that, but I know that there were allegations of physical abuse in Romania with the Corollis with mm-hmm. the way that they handled the Romanian national team. I would assume that that kind of stuff was still going right, on here. Right. And one of the girls even kept was talking about how even though there was like this physical, almost like psychological abuse going mm-hmm. on uh, by the Corollis at their camp, that Larry Nasser was the the safe person. They were the, he was the one guy that they could go there because they were familiar with him. Yes, and then he started molesting them. Right, and, using that that comfort and safety. Yes, absolutely that position of power. So yes, but going back to the the family and their conversations with gymnastics or USA gymnastics. Um, so the parents were like, look, we can't go to this camp where this guy is still there with my daughter who has been molesting her or assaulting her. And, you know, we want to know what's going on. And USA Gymnastics response was, oh, you know, we, you know, we've, we've talked to the authorities. The FBI is doing an investigation right now. And they weren't. So if you say anything to anyone, you could spoil that, 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 uh, that investigation, Uh. which is all bullshit. Right. They were doing an internal investigation, which they already knew was going on because they this yeah because the first yeah time. so so they're so they've got this like eighteen month period where the family's like what the fuck is going on mm-hmm. you know, and they're getting all this these lies and bullshit from USA Gymnastics from the director. Uh, it, it was like so real quick is this family the family of athlete A? Yes. Okay, that's yes. So that was the whole kind of that's where the name came from. But right. she was in the original complaint. She was listed as athlete A. Right. And it wasn't really until there was another gymna- gymnast from the 80s? No, 90s. I think it was. Yeah, yeah it, this was all late 2000s. So when this yeah, yeah, because Larry Nassar was part of USA Gymnastics for like 29 years or something like right. that. So that would have been the 90s, I guess. She came forward and actually did an on-air interview and gave her name and went on the record. And she was kind of the, the thing that's the, dom- the first domino. And then once it all started falling and... But, like, when he was at his sentencing, there was, like, 250 women that got up and talked. a lot of of young girls. I mean, like I said, just watching that just, like, absolutely infuriated me. And it was like, I don't know. And the sad thing is there's people that were involved in that. That allowed it to happen. That are still walking around free. Right. You know. Two years later, three years later, whenever, whenever it yeah, is. Yeah, it's it's cases like that 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 challenge my um, anti-capitalist capital punishment um, stance. Stance. Yeah. You know, just because I just don't know if people like that really deserve to live. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if I'd go that far, but I mean, it's like, well, maybe, it's just that instinct, you know, because I, you're right, I, I'm not, I don't believe in capital punishment, but I, just that. That instinct that oh yeah you know, no that, yeah, I completely you just want you just want to torture absolutely and hurt absolutely it, but it was like there were so many people that put money above the safety and well being of children yeah well that's gone on for for the the entirety of human, humanity yes. you know but it, it, in two thousand twenty one it should be it something should, that, right something we've be. gotten past yeah well I mean we've got people who put money above health and safety and i mean it's just it, it it's no different than anything else i mean 
as sad as it is, it's that's just one leaf on the branch, yeah. you know. Of, of I, I guess the the thing that makes it the thing that makes it worse for me is, you know, these children didn't have anyone to speak for them. Right, right. They had nowhere to go. The only people that they had to turn to were the people that were abusing them. Right. You know, and and I don't know, and they even talked about. There's this heroic, um, you know, uh, memory that, like, the collective memory that the country has. 1996, um, actually, I think I watched it over your house, actually. The, during the Olympics, the women's gym, uh, gymnastics team, they had, like, one last vault they had to do. Carrie Strug was the one that went up there. Mm-hmm. She had two chances to do it. She had to get, a certain, like, a 9.65 or whatever it was, right. and USA Gymnastics would win the gold medal. So she goes up there the first time and like falls and injures her her ankle. Mm-hmm. It goes up there, and does the second vault and lands it, and you know everyone cheers and it, it's it's interesting to watch this documentary and see the women talk about how they watched that in 1996 and saw that completely different than what basically the rest of the country did because mm-hmm. the rest of the country saw that as just like. Hugely heroic moment. Right. And these girls were watching it as they knew what was going on in the Crowley camp. They knew how the girls were treated there. They were like, the one girl was like, she had no choice but to go back there. Right. And with, a, with an injured ankle. With an injured ankle and do that second vault. Mm-hmm. And come to find out, it was, uh, you know, years later, she had been like severely injured prior to the Olympics. And there was no opportunity for her to not compete. This is the kind of thing you, you would you think you'd hear hear from like Soviet Russia, which is where these people are from. From right, I mean that's They're, you know, but you would never imagine it would be allowed to happen in the United States. No, no, and, and it's just uh, I don't know. It's just like looking back on all that stuff is like holy shit. You know, this kind of stuff's been going on for a long mm-hmm. fucking time. Yeah. Um, you know, just the way like the girls were. I don't know the way that they were treated and. Like I said, psychologically abused. Oh yeah, for decades. Decades, yeah. You know, because the Carolis were running USA. They were the coaches for USA gymnastics since the mid eighties. Eighty four, I think, was the first time that there was their first Olympics. So really, they so, would go back to maybe like eighty two, because they would have had a yeah. I don't know what. Yeah, years. yeah. I'm sure it probably was. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't know. I, I don't remember what year. Because they actually defected to the U.S. Yeah, I don't remember what year that was, but I don't know if you're if you guys out there enjoy a a good documentary. Athlete A is a great one to check out. It's on Netflix. Mm-hmm. So um, if you're easily know. if you're easily um, from the sounds of it, if you're easily uh, bothered by that kind of stuff, oh maybe yeah, not m- maybe not, but, but yeah, yeah. There's know. definitely because they go into graphic detail about everything yeah. he did and. Uh, and that would be a. I don't know if I'll watch it because of that. But. Yeah, but it, it, it's a great documentary, though. But anyway, that's kind of what I want to talk. About. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like a down note to get the episode started, but sure. But now we have something a little lighter to talk about, Ian. Yeah, for those of for everyone who hasn't tuned out already. <laughs> well, half the people normally tune out by the fifteenth minute anyway. So whatever. No, okay. I'm just joking. I really don't know. But. Yeah, because really nobody listens to even that far. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Those of you out there who do, you know who you are. Uh, whatever, whatever. Uh, we do have, I mean, it's a, I don't know. I hadn't planned on talking about that. It was just, uh, I watched a documentary a couple days ago and like, 
even now it still bothers me thinking about it. Right, right. Yeah, I um, get it. I get it. So, so we're gonna talk about the Loch Ness monster. <laughs> it's yeah. uh, it's something that uh, I I've always been kind of fascinated by, mm-hmm. and I don't think you have been as well, much. Well, not your... not to the same extent. There's a the mystery of it, the the idea that there are things under in the world that we have not discovered yet. You know, uh, especially underwater, uh, the ocean is relatively unexplored. Yeah, you know, I grant this isn't the ocean, but um, so there, there's no reason to think that it's not possible. Yeah, you know, and that part is fascinating. I, I will say that that was like the world's worst segue from what we were yeah. talking about today. <laughs> Probably, <laughs> uh, but you know, the it, it's in our, like the the Loch Ness is it's a large lake in Scotland. I believe it's the largest freshwater lake in great britain that could be yeah it would almost have to be but it's it's almost 800 feet deep and 23 miles long so it's a really big Big lake big lake and so i guess i mean and 800 feet i mean i don't know how deep the great lakes are i don't either um but 800 feet to me seems pretty freaking deep it's it is deep it is very deep. and surprisingly enough for all the speculation and, and rumors and you know, quote unquote evidence that has right. been over the years. No one's really explored the depths of the lake. It's tough because it's very murky water. That's the yeah, problem. I mean, we have we have the technology to do it. Yeah. But there's just no way to really you can't see even with lighting, you probably can't see more than a couple feet in front of you. No, no. But it's interesting. Like a lot of these I mean, there are stories of a monster in the in the Loch Ness going back fifteen hundred years. Yeah. And even like back around, so there's like stone carvings from, I want to say it's like right around 500 AD, um, uh, depicting an aquatic animal or a large animal in the, in the lake mm-hmm. or that was coming from the lake. So I don't know. It's, 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 it's interesting because there have been these stories for so long, but really no evidence. Right. Right. And the evidence that, that has been presented, it's. It's difficult to verify the evidence. Yeah. And that's what I, I mean. It's not evidence because it can't be verified. The uh, the earliest known writings about the monster came from the 7th century. Mm-hmm. And it was the, uh, the, the biography of St. Columbia. And from what I read about it, really kind of the only reference in the book was talking about how... Um, St. Columbia was going to meet with the kings in that area, whatever mm-hmm. it was, and came across a lake, and the monster, I guess, had been killing people in the water. And the monster was getting ready to attack another man, and St. Columbia came and, you know... Said a prayer or something? And, something along yeah. those lines, and, like, fought the monster back and called out the name of God or something like that, and the, mm-hmm. the monster never attacked anyone again. Right, that's believable. Well, okay. it's the, it was the seventh century, right? I mean, <laughs> and it's not—I didn't say it was an autobiography. Oh, okay. It's a biography. Well, even if it were, I mean, you still couldn't take it because you can't verify any of it. But you well, know. no, you can't. You can't. You I can't. could write my bi- biography and make sure that it's released after I'm dead, and say that I fought off a, a giant beast. But you if know. you you if you wrote it, it'd be an autobiography. Right, right. But that's, so, what, I'm so, but that's what I'm saying is like some. This is somebody else writing about right. that. Um, but the, um, 
it wasn't really until I want to say it was like, it was the like 1930s when roads were like first put in mm-hmm. around the lake. And it wasn't, it seemed like that's kind of when a lot of the theory or a lot of the sightings kind of first started. Because I guess that's the thing. And a lot of these, man, I looked, I was looking at a lot of the pictures, the quote unquote evidence. Evidence, right. And a lot of them look like something in the water. Right. But just because they look like something in the water doesn't mean that they're a big creature. Right. Because that's like I've said for, with, about UFOs for a long time. Mm-hmm. Just because I've seen a UFO. That means it's something that just I couldn't identify. Mm-hmm. It doesn't necessarily mean little green aliens. Right. Same thing with that. Because you aliens know. aren't green anyway. They're gray. <laughs> Sorry. Just, just the grays. How do you know that they're gray? How do you know they're green? Because that's the way we make them. Well, we make them gray, too. <laughs> when, well, I don't want to get into that. <laughs> um. Yeah, so just, I mean, if you drive by, I guess if you could see, and some of the stuff, like, you're looking at it, you're like, okay, that looks like, in a big body of water like that, the way the waves move can cast weird shadows. Weird shadows and even different shapes that, you know, that you can see out of the corner of your eye and and your brain is going to interpret as something, or try to interpret it, and it it could very well just have been a, a big wave and a log. But your brain interprets it as something moving. Yes. You know? Yeah. Absolutely. And, and like I said, some of the, some of the obviously you know, so a lot of the pictures you're like, okay, that doesn't really look like anything. Right. And then other pictures, I've, there's like the one picture I think was from 1933 or 1934. Is that the famous picture? That is, yeah. which I believe has been proven to be a hoax. I believe so too. Yeah. Within the last like couple of decades, I want to say, or maybe from like the 90s, whatever it was, but sometime in the last couple of decades, it's been proven to be a, a hoax. I believe that one is. But it, it's funny though. It, it, it sometime after I want to say it was like the '30s or '40s. The uh, the newspapers in London kind of got involved in all this, mm-hmm. and like several like really prominent newspapers. I know the uh, Daily Mail was one of them. Sent reporters to Scotland to like camp out for weeks to, 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 to try and catch a good try, picture. Yeah. yeah. And the Daily Mail actually even went as far as to hire a well-known big game hunter to go up there and, like, track down the animal and capture it. Mm-hmm. So, of course, this guy's up there for, like, several days. Never finds anything. He's been searching. Nothing. Right. But all of a sudden, on, like, the last days there, he comes across these large footprints of a, he claimed, a four-legged animal. And the headline the next day in the Daily Mail was, it said, uh, Monster of Loch Ness is not legend but fact. That's mm. what it said. Big, like, big all capital letters across right. the headline. Right? Using that word very loosely. Fact. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, it, and so when I was, like, going through this, I, I was thinking to myself, I mean, now granted that's, like, almost 100 years later. But, like, even thinking about that, it's just, like, it doesn't seem very plausible that this guy just happens to stumble across something out there. You know, more than likely, he just like, hey, I need to have some kind of proof to justify what this newspaper is paying me right. to do this. So here's your evidence, you know, quote right. unquote evidence for you people that can't see me using air quotes at home. Um, and that kind of just made more sense to me. Um, and then, like, the more I was reading about it, I guess, come to find out, the 
British Natural History Museum got casts made of these footprints or uh-huh. these or these prints that uh, that this hunter had found, and they reported that the footprints were actually belonging of a hippopotamus. Nice. And that all the footprints were of the same foot. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. It's like, come on. So, you're, you're making a claim as grand as I have the footprints of Loch, Loch Ness, of the Loch Ness Monster. Yes. And you don't think they're going to study that? <laughs> so, they're not I, going to examine it? <laughs> and actually, I believe they said in the article that they believed it was a stuffed foot. Well, it would have to be because he probably just had it and just went boom, 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 you know, right into the dirt. Yeah, I thought people, it was hilarious. People are fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah. uh, granted, it was like 100 years ago, though. Yeah, so just, uh, but, you know, a lot of photos, I mean, there's been tons of photos taken over the years. Like I said, they, some of them show like a large animal in the lake mm-hmm. is what it looks like. Right. You know? And I know that um, like the closest evidence that I saw that was like, that could be used to kind of justify the myth behind it mm-hmm. is that in the, I think it was the late sixties, there was a group of uh, British universities. They launched a series of expeditions to, to Loch Ness and they used sonar mm-hmm. to, to scan the depths of the lake. And they found like several like large moving objects that, they couldn't identify and couldn't explain. Right. Well, I think was it the History Channel or Discovery Channel did a, a an expedition too, with modern technology. This was in the two thousands, doing the same thing, and they didn't see anything. No. I mean, then this was you know we're talking very high tech mapping sonar the yeah. other, that they used to map the bottom of the ocean and stuff, and they didn't find anything. Yeah. So I I, this is one of those that I've never really. I never really bought into what's the likelihood. Okay. Yes. Throughout the history of the planet, there has been large animals like this, right. you know, dinosaurs and they, or whatever. And, and, and there's and, evidence of prehistoric animals that are still alive today in different forms, but they're, they're, they have a direct link, yeah. you know, to, you know, prehistoric animals. You look at the, in this situation though. And if there were something living in this very large lake, you would think at some point over the last, at least over the last hundred years, we would have found some, some kind evidence. of evidence. Right, right. Because if this large animal did exist, what is it eating? Fish, you would assume, but it would have run out of food by now. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, 1,500 years later, the... The thing would have died at some it, point. Right. Well, so there would have be died a carcass they, somewhere. Here's the thing. It would have died, and the lake itself would have died, because it would have had to have eaten all of the life that's in the lake. Yeah. Before it died. Yeah. Which is what led to its death. And, they, you know, we're talking, sure, the plant life would have come back, but there would have been no fish. Mm-hmm. You know, there would be no other, you know, life like that. Yeah. There was another expedition that happened in 75 mm-hmm. where they went out with sonar and sonar image appeared mm-hmm. like it looked like in the sonar image that there was a giant flipper is what they saw under mm-hmm. the water. But of course, like the more you read into it, they took the sonar images and quote unquote enhanced right. them. Right. 
basically just drew lines around the the. They're like, hey, the look, here's it looks like here. a flipper. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've seen that image too. Yeah. So I mean, there's a lot of stuff there. It's like, well, and it's funny if you in your um, investigation or your your note taking for the episode. Did you see any like the the artist renderings of what it, what Nessie would look like? Oh, there's a ton of them. It's basically like a, a brontosaurus neck and head on a turtle body. Yeah, pretty much. I'm like, that's not because I think it just well, doesn't make any sense. I think a lot of that or most of that stems, stems from, from that, uh, that one image one from image, yeah. thirty three or thirty four right. that, like I said before, has been proven to be a hoax. Yeah. I think a lot of those images are based off of that. Yeah, I think so too, but. Just you know that that's the image that always made me think, nah, nah, I don't think so. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, we do have the platypus, so I guess evolution it can be can have a sense of humor, but <laughs> it just doesn't make any biological sense. You can, uh, is it possible? Sure, yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, just about just anything not is very possible. Likely. Just not likely. Yeah. yeah, it's it's improbable. Right. Um. I mean, there's been like. Reports of sharks being found halfway up the Mississippi River. So I mean, like things are possible. Things happen, right? Well, we're we're kind of in a, especially now. Um, I guess even you know, 100, 200, 300 years ago, we could say this too. But our planet is kind of at a a, a weird junction on climate and and environment. Yeah. You know, and whether you believe it's man made or not, we are there. Yeah. Where things are changing. I mean, um, they're finding. Animals migrating to areas they've never migrated to before. They're, you know, finding sharks in different areas of the, of the world where they've never been before because the climates, the, the world is changing. Yeah. And the first thing that changes is the water. Is the water, exactly. So, yeah, that doesn't, those kinds of things don't, you hear that and you're like, oh, okay, that makes sense, you know. And I could see a creature like the Loch Ness Monster maybe existing in the oceans. But not in a lake. No. Well, that's the other thing is, I guess I'd have to look on a map and like see what the closest body of water is. Because right. it's got to be getting fed from somewhere. Somewhere, right. Well, I mean, in the um, that saint's biography. St. Columbia. St. Columbia. Obviously, he was, the creature was out of the water as well. Because he didn't like jump into the water, swim, and do his little incantation underwater, did he? I know well, he was. I know he was attacking people in the water, but well, he would I, have had to have been out of the water. I guess like above the, the water. The way I looked at it, or the way I thought, yes, like the creature was partial was in the water, but out abo- of the water. above the water, right? And which means it can see, breathe above water. Which I mean, you could say it comes out and you know feeds on livestock or birds or whatever. But again. A creature that size is, it has to be eating so much that it would be noticeable. Yes. And that's kind of, yeah, that's right. kind of the where I kept going back to. Right. But, you know, if, if it's, that's the, I guess that's the other thing, is if the, the Loch Ness is being fed from a bigger water body source, of water, right. I, I guess it's possible that there is a creature like this living in the ocean. Mm-hmm. And has been spotted in this lake because it can make it there. But, I mean, it's a, since the lake is a fresh water source, you know, so, so there you you can go from salt water to fresh water through an estuary. Right. But there's got to be, there's going to be, it wouldn't be a very close, 
it, it, it wouldn't be very close proximity to the to the ocean is what I'm, is what I'm saying though. And it's like so he would ha- the the this animal would have to go through a very prolonged travel through unknown um, sources of water to get to the Loch Ness. Right. Look, which I, which that's I'm, even I, I think that's even less likely. I googled it. Let me. Uh... You googling the the lake? Yeah. Trying to. Would you like me to look it up for you? Well, no. I found I found images. I just oh, so it's actually fe- it actually feeds directly into the ocean. Does it? Okay, yes. that's what I was trying to find. Oh, so, okay, yeah, yes. I see. I see it now. So um, I guess it's it's kind of a very narrow body of water. It is. Too. It is. But if you look at like, so it's just southwest of Inverness, right? Mm-hmm. So which is probably the closest. So if there was a creature, it would be living on like the north side of Scotland in the ocean. Right. And could, that's where most of the food would be coming through. Yeah. And could end up in that lake. But if you look at I don't know if you've got it up on your phone or not, but that's a very long travel. It is. Down uh, that river. That's, that's the picture I've got up. Yeah. yeah. But oh I've got it up. I've actually got you know, if you want to look at my iPad here, I actually have the like the, the, oh, map, yeah, of it the map of it. Yeah. So they would have to go up this long river to get from the ocean to the lake. Right. So my and what I'm saying though is is that river right there you know is probably not as deep as the lake. Right. So you would think it'd even be easier to spot through there. And from what I've read about it, there aren't any sightings no, in those but areas. It, but at least it, it it answers the food food question because that's how yeah that's because, how life is getting into it. Yes, you know, there food life would it'd be almost be like an endless supply of food. Right. I, well, I guess not. Depending on depending on the way the water flows and things like that, you know. It, it, well, it also gives um, sea life, the, the fish and stuff, areas to breed in the riverside, in the yeah. river part. You know, in that narrow stretch where obviously the the monster wouldn't be. Yeah. To breed, and then of course, as they breed and and mass breed, the the offspring has to go out because otherwise they're running out of food. So. I love Scotland. By the way, that ri- so. that river is called the River Ness. So, River Ness. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. Mm. So the River Ness takes you down to the Loch Ness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think you'll find more beautiful countryside than in, in northern England and Scotland. Yeah, I've been wanting to go there, but uh, it's, an, it's an expensive trip. It is, but I, for me, I think it might end up being one way. Yeah, you think? I've thought about that, too. Like, yeah. if there was, like... I don't know though, because that's. I mean, if I went, I would. I would probably go with the idea that I could theoretically find somewhere to live there and not want to come back. So I wouldn't really do it unless I could afford it. But yeah, but the problem is, well, first off, it's really, really hard to migrate to to or immigrate to England. Yeah, I know. I know. Especially now, post Brexit, you know, it's, it's right. It's even oh, harder. I, trust me, I know. I used to order stuff online through england you know through the uk and you know shipping costs were nothing you know yeah basically from amazon uk not now they're 30 bucks oh no try like 60 bucks for a blu-ray yeah someone's raping you on shipping it's it's amazon prime it's through amazon uk wow 60 dollars for a blu-ray because i've uh -uh." I've bought stuff from like discogs from the Mm -hmm. uk well that's unless if those are you know those could just be like um the shipping charges that oh you walk into the post the post uh, postal service and say I'm going to ship this to the U S, 
this is a big company because well, that's what the way, the that, way the Brexit thing goes, it's 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 not about it's taxes on top of that. Yeah. Whereas you know, an individual might maybe. not be paying yeah, taxes. Yeah, on yeah, yeah, I guess that's. But possible. you know, it's the it's the the tariffs that gotcha. are now involved. That's uh, yeah, I don't know. It's um, I, on, I, I generally I generally don't order things from the UK. But yeah. well, I mean, it was just a few things here and there, uh, things that weren't available in the US. But yeah. now it's like now I can't because yeah. I'm not I'm not paying double the price for something just to get it here. You know? But even like Canada is really hard to immigrate to. Yeah. Well, they yeah their immigration is very strict. Yeah. Mm. Um. Apparently, it's hard to get into the U.S. too. You can't get here without being thrown in a fucking cage, <laughs> with you know, well, a small room with a bunch of other people. That's that's not necessarily true. It just uh, right now there's a large influx of people. Yeah, I know. Uh, it's, I don't think it's generally how it works. Eh, well, it shouldn't least, it, it shouldn't be happening at all? But well, I mean, you can say that, but you know, what do you do with the large influx of people? Because you have to. You have to at least find out who they are, especially if they're, you know, trying to get asylum or something like that. Well, I guess you got to get all the information from them, and then what do you do with them? Well, I guess the the question is, what's more humane, letting them in but throwing them in a cage, or just turning them away? What's more humane? Letting them in because the the previous presidency or previous administration had a policy of turning people away. To basically starve in the de- in the desert, right. of Mexico. So the the more humane thing is, is to, to let them in. is to let them in, um, process them, and then do what you need to with them mm-hmm. at that point. Um, you know, especially with like the large uh, amount of undocumented children coming in. Right. Um, you know, you're gonna house them for you know a short period of time until you can locate family or whoever for them to go to in the u.s the problem with all that is and i think the problem that we're running into and i know this has nothing to do with the topic no but but, but as someone that worked in immigration before i i've dealt with a lot of this stuff firsthand Mm -hmm. i think a lot of the problems we're running into now is the fact that and i don't really see a good way to deal with it is the fact that there are parents out there that are you know, living in conditions that is beyond our belief here as people living in the United States. Right. You know, people that are dealing with incredible difficulties um, in Central American countries. Right. That Central American countries where the United States has played a very large role I was in gonna say, destroying you know, their fucking they country over the last wouldn't be here if years. it weren't for us. Um, but yeah. So you've got parents there that are like in absolute desperation. So they ship their children to the United States. Alone because they know that they will be they'll, they'll at get least in. be yeah. But the problem is a lot of them are dying on the way. Right. Um, well, there was that video last last beginning of this week or end of last week where they one of the coyotes would just they, they there was two young girls they just tossed them over the side of the fence yeah over over the wall yeah which was I think was like a thirty foot drop too yeah just dropped them well, and then ran care. and yeah. then they ran yeah because you know, that's yeah, what they're they, paid they, to do they get their money and then they they go mm-hmm. so the problem is how do you deal with that right. how do, how do you deal with people sending their children alone because they they know they'll they'll at least be accepted because the thing is that they come as a family a lot of times those people get immediately deported. Right. You know, because if you're caught within 50 miles of the U.S. border, they've got a thing called expedited removal where you get no 
You you don't get to see a judge. You get nothing. They just turn they, you away. They just take you and then send you back. Right. Um, so a lot of the that happens a lot of the times when when families come, unless they claim asylum. Asylum. Mm-hmm. Um, the the issue that you run into with people seeking asylum is the previous administration ended the practice that had been in place for a long time, which was I, w- I would say a long time, but it had been in place for a while, mm-hmm. where people were able to seek asylum in their home country also. So, the, like I said, the previous administration got rid of that, ended that practice. So they weren't able to do that. They had to come to the U.S. border right, to do it. To do it. So once they come here and claim, you know, that they have a a, a, a reason to seek asylum, U.S. law is really pretty much black and white. You have to let them in right. to go through that process. Right. Um, you know, unfortunately, the last time I looked. Immigration courts were in such a backlog that it was you know four years out before you were getting a court date. And the thing is, the the issue you run into with immigration court is, and I've I know and I've not I know attorneys who have done this before. They've talked to clients about an asylum case, have told them, okay, you probably don't have a really good case because asylum is something that's extremely difficult to prove right. most a vast majority of asylum cases lose so what they say is okay here's your court date in 18 months go to your court date tell the court that you need more time so you can hire an attorney and get proper representation so you go to that court date and they're going to say okay we're going to we'll reschedule you next court date well that that next court date is going to be four years from now mm. So basically, it just extends their stay. because it's, and it's nothing. That, Are they allowed to stay in like work and stuff while they're yeah, here? Yeah, okay. they're they're given a, a, you know a work permit, so they're able to legally support themselves. Because if not, then we're really as as a society paying for them, right? Right. Um, so they're working, they're paying taxes, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, and then eventually, like I said, you know, if they if they get another continuation past that one, you know, so yeah, you can look at an asylum case where if you're in the country now. You might not get deported for ten years. Right. In that time, you had a couple of kids and things like that. So it, it's just, um, know, and it, what it, it's a, just a big long process. But it just our our asylum, our not our asylum, but our immigration system is just so, so fucked up in the right, United States. Right. I was gonna say, do you think it would be? Now you said within fifty miles of our border, and you've got all these people coming that through there. Wouldn't it make more sense to maybe give? And I and I hate to say this because I mean the we're the United States is spending like like there's no such thing as an endless or you know the money is never going to end yeah right now but um, wouldn't it make sense to try and maybe get there to be like small settlements that can build up in those desert areas and have and have infrastructure built so they're, that these people coming they're through trying there, to do that now so right so that they can maybe build their own little cities and i'm i don't, i want to say sit their own cities to do as they want cuz i mean it's very dangerous ground when you talk about that res- reservations and yeah. stuff but you know I let them kind of build their own communities on their own terms and give them the help to they need to to have that yeah. so that they're not here if i mean if that's the biggest issue that we have to deal with i will say that the the biggest issue is right now is the previous administration's policy towards all that stuff was right so the 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 current administration is so far behind trying trying to to get caught trying to clean it up trying to get caught up and now that 
you know, unfortunately we have people that are in, you know, uh, border patrol camps and things like that. And they, you've got the side that was in power saying, well, now look, you got people in cages and things, things right. like that without, and, and people don't understand that there's more nuance to the issue of course, than that. Of course. That there is a process they're, they're trying to go through. They're trying to get FEMA to, they are having FEMA build FEMA camps, basically. Right. <laughs> I know that's a, Well, that's, and that's uh, what I was trying to avoid, that, that those words, because, I mean, in a sense, it would be reservations. But, I mean, we know we know what we did wrong the last time, and we had hoped that we would have learned from it. Yeah. But it's not even about, you know, setting aside land, because it wouldn't even be our land. It'd still be in Mexico. But well, see, that's that's the problem. So the 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 way that the if it's the, just desert, I mean, if we can build a fucking Las Vegas in the desert and have it lush and green, we can help these people create communities so in their own country. The way that the Biden administration is trying to tackle this problem, and it's a very big problem, um, and I think they're going about it as correctly as they can. Mm-hmm. Because they're trying to deal with the problem in the current, and they're also trying to look at it the long game and try to figure out a problem in the long run. They have worked out a deal, which I'm surprised they didn't get, didn't get more talk. Uh, didn't get um, talked about more on on cable news and things like that. Well, the Biden, MSNBC is just talking about that one Congress that Trump supported yeah, congressman, yeah, which is underage. Well, like I said, that's that's affairs. my that's my problem with MSNBC. But whatever, right. it's the 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 Biden administration went to Mexico and struck a deal with. Mexico, because Mexico had a shortage on available vaccines. So the the Biden administration was like, look, if you're able to curb entry from your southern border, we'll be able to work out a deal to be able to help you with some of that vaccine shortage. Right. And as far as like what I've seen so far, Mexico has been doing that doing that they really strengthened their their southern border because that's where a lot of people are coming up but obviously most of the people are coming up from right but that doesn't solve the problem long term you right. know because the, they're but he's also tr- the 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 biden administration is also trying to work with these countries to to fix the problems like i said before that we have played a very very large role in the destabilization of a lot of these Central American countries and South American countries, right? Um, you know, but he's trying the best he can right now to work towards solving some of the problems in those countries. We'll see how far he gets because it's gonna have it's gonna take Congress to allow more money to flow into those countries, right. which I know is a big touchy subject, a touchy right subject with a lot of people. Of- all the money we need to spend in our own country right now exactly, just to get exactly. fix again all the shit from the last four years. Yes, and I wouldn't even say, I mean, some of those issues have been going on for a long, long time. Long yeah, but well, like the infrastructure stuff. I mean, that's, yeah. it's stuff that if it had been maybe worked on over the last four years, it, you know, in small doses, yeah. we wouldn't be spending $2.9 trillion on it. Yeah. it's a, I don't know, man. It's just, uh, that got way far away. I know. We, we, this has been a really interesting conversation because we, we've talked about several things. Right, yeah. <laughs> and only our topic for a very short period of time, I felt like. Well, I mean, there's, again, I mean, I think a lot of people are familiar with the Loch Ness Monster um, story. I, story yeah. and. You know, we don't. We're not here to present any evidence. We're just kind of here talking about it and how, how you know we're fascinated by it. It's not really conspiracy theory necessarily. No, it's, it's, but it really it's a, isn't. It really you know, isn't. but cryptids fall under the category of anything that we're going to talk yeah. about anyway, and that's what that is. is a cryptid. Yeah. So. so I don't know. It's uh, 
I don't know. I felt like it. Uh, it's an interesting thing. It's something that we. I'm pretty sure we've talked about before, but uh, not not to this extent. I mean, I I didn't know how the. You know, I, I was familiar with the lock. I didn't realize it was such an, it's, well, in a map, it appears to be a very narrow body of water. Yeah, I didn't realize it was as, as narrow as it was, but, but uh, uh, and it's like super long and, and super deep. Obviously, if you were listening, if you listened to the episode, you didn't, I didn't even know how close to the ocean it was. So. Right. Yeah. I didn't know it connected <laughs> to the ocean. Well, the North Sea, basically. You but know. Uh, I don't know, man. I don't really have anything else to add. No, me neither. Now you got me rambling off about immigration. immigration. <laughs> well, that was just because I, you know, I, I said if I, Oh, because you want Scotland, to I would. Move. I might not want to come back. Yeah, I get so, that. Just because it is, you know, as I said, I don't think there's any more beautiful country in the world other than it's a little gray. When I say countryside, I meant like it's not little, the country. Itself, it's a little gray over there. That's why I love. I love gray. Gray and green together, uh, man. Just works a, lot, for me. a lot of racism over there too. Well. I'm an American. What, are you kidding? <laughs> we we got a we 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 have our own brand of racism. We got here. master's degrees in racism. We do. Here, we really so. do. Well, we were behind the curve on freeing slave, you know, ending slavery too. Behind yeah. the England, England ended slavery before we did. Yeah. So no, we're no, always no. behind the curve, always. except on the the extremeness of what we do. Well, <laughs> we're not behind the behind the curve on uh, gun ownership. Oh God, that's, no. that's yeah. a whole different topic. Right. Well, well, that's what I mean. Let's it's, not go off on that. It's the extremists that it's the extremism <laughs> that we're good at being better at. It's everything else that we're not. So. But uh, oh, I mean, I don't have anything else to add. That's kind of yeah, that's it. Uh, any questions or comments, you can email us at realityredefinedpod at gmail dot com. Because I was going to ask Ian, but he doesn't know. What that nah, is. I don't fucking know. And uh, our Twitter handle is at we the lizard people. We the lizard people. And people it's PPL PPL. Well, that's all I got, man. I'm good. Until next time. Talk to y'all later. Peace. Let me tell you about it. This shit right here, man, I'm about about it. Only real niggas reside around me. Yo, lady, drop a card around me. Dip like I know you can, bitch. Show me the rust like we in the ring. Got you two cobras, you wanna hang? Shoulder to shoulder, the niggas basic. You know I won't lie. You know that I ain't for that fuck shit. You niggas alright, but I'm way better and she love it. Know that y'all sick as fuck. Here go this tissue, bro. We taking the dub. Hoping you get you some. This hit like a pick me up. She taking my drugs. Notice, see the sign. That's some dollar sign. Notice, sick as fuck. Now they sick as fuck. Tell them get well soon. Tell them get well soon. Now you sick as fuck. Get well soon. Oh shit. Watch out, you the god, Billy. Oh shit. Right now, and I'm smiling in your face, bitch. With a ghost smile, you should probably make placement to your eye. Niggas sick as fuck. Standing with niggas. Who died for that party? Who died for some bitches who showing their bodies? Swear to God, nigga, this Molly got me up and rolling. These bodies of water. Bring that shit in bottles.